All right. Dude, did y'all see? What the crap are y'all doing, man? What's that called? Brachio radialis. What's the purpose of that? That's lifting your arm up, man. I think it gives you hand jerk or something. <laughs> That's a speed muscle. Bam! Bam! Mine and corns are overdeveloped. Well, they probably can't. They probably can't see it very well on the camera right now because you guys, if you're watching, you'll notice the camera angles are different because tech guy didn't properly stow his equipment and he burned his camera lens up on one of his cameras. So now we're working off of only two cameras today. So you've got one wide angle shot on corn and chili and then you've got the dedicated camera on me. So Blake, Stow your dang equipment properly. The people are depending on you to have this stuff up and running. You have one job, Blake. You have one job. That's going to have to come I out of his check. I think I've got a few yeah. more than one job. That is going to have to come out of his check. you got one job to be the tech guy, okay? My stomach's getting a little bubbly a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and if you keep <laughs> farting like just that. Just a hair. If you keep, you keep farting talking, like that it's in here. Just, it's the stress stressing me out, and it's making it worse. He stunk the whole studio up prior to us even going on the show here no did y'all see did did y'all watch that um that video that first four made of the race day yeah yeah did y'all see that joker freaking puking yeah i did yeah uh that was uh john van zant when right when he finished i i don't know if he had finished or not it just Skinny it just guy. It cuts to a clip of this dude doubled over and he's <laughs> yeah, just spewing yeah, no, out you not freaking there? puke he was no, try- I wasn't he, he there. He missed the four-hour four cutoff. He was like 15 seconds over getting his last lap in. And he, uh, right when he crossed, I mean, he sent it. Just projectile. I, I was so, it was awesome. I was so happy that they caught that on film and then put it in the little documentary. Yeah, I didn't made. realize you didn't watch it that live. It was excellent. <laughs> no, it, that was a violent puking fit. It was. Yeah. Rough. I mean, that joker, he had, he had some pressure behind that, buddy. That was awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, he had a good race. That was, <laughs> that was cool. Are you over your puking fit? Well. The people missed you last week, man. I mean, I'm telling you, dude, the food in North Korea is nasty. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. So, when I had to go get your sorry butt again, of course, by the time I got there, you were already gone. But I stayed a few days and just ate all this, whatever, low main, (laughs) bunch of junk. Low low main chow. (laughs) Whatever it was, I don't know. Low main chow. Bunch of stuff I couldn't pronounce. And, uh, like the mouth movements he puts on that. Yeah, he, look how he enunciated. Do it again. Low main chow. So, yeah, yeah, I ate man. some bad meat. and uh, Dude, you know one of the funniest languages that you'll ever hear speak that I've ever heard spoken? Huh. Vietnamese. Well, it's, a, it's such a ridiculous-sounding language. Well, you know, the... That, it's like just that, a bunch of pops and pings. The guy on Instagram, y'all hate. <laughs> Soy Tiet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's Vietnamese. Oh, I thought he was Filipino. Uh-uh. He's <laughs> Vietnamese, man. Soy Tiet. So I'm watching a I'm watching a <laughs> documentary filmed by Ken Burns on the uh. Vietnam War on Amazon Prime, and that's where I've been listening to these Vietnamese, yeah, v, or V at the knees, however you want to call them. Listen to their language; it's crazy language. Those are some tough people, though, man. Man, when you start looking at what the uh, 
That war was the wild. Viet Cong and the North Vietnamese Army, what they did and how hard they freaking worked to win that war. I mean, them jokers were, they were, that's, that's a terrible unit. They figured out that the only way that, that they could take away the advantage of, that, that the U.S. had of air power, you know, dropping napalm and dropping bombs on them, they figured out how to take that advantage away. What they would do is they would set an ambush on American forces and they would not initiate the ambush until American forces mm-hmm. were like freaking mm-hmm. 10 yards from them. <laughs> and, and so, and, and then all of them would run in and just get so close to the American forces. You know, these jokers are fixed bayonets, not for show. They're running in so dang close, they're actually using bayonet bayonets. But they did that so that, they knew that the American forces couldn't call in air support if they were right in there on them, man. I mean, them jokers mm-hmm. were them jokers were legit, son. Ho Chi Minh. Mm-hmm. I'm t- yeah, Ho Chi Minh was wild, a, man. Yeah, he was a bad unit, son. Got to have respect for them jokers. Yeah, that wasn't a good idea. No, that's a heck of a film. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a film, by the way. Uh, you know, I would like to go to Vietnam one day. It looks beautiful. Top Gear did an episode where they traveled from, from I think, from south to north, traversed the entire country of Vietnam. It looks awesome. Hmm. It seems like a fairly safe place to go visit now, too. Yeah. It's yeah. really weird that those people don't hold a bunch of animosity towards Americans anymore. Yeah, it is interesting. The Japanese... Vietnamese, I don't know why they. I mean, yeah, they just be pretty easy to. They just moved right along. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a cool place to go visit one day. But yeah, that film that um, First Form put out about the race—that was the pin to me. That was the pinnacle awesome. of the entire piece of content. Was was that? Oh yeah, dude, John throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, very rarely do you catch that on film. And most filmmakers won't have the balls to put it in the film if they uh, if the they even better. capture it. It made the video better for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then that footage of Brooks falling out on the ground and oh, cramping dude. up. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. When I, I didn't realize that that had happened the way it did um, until I saw that video. Because when you're down there with the megaphone uh, with with Brooks when he falls out, I I had I had been running with Brooks, and I had just let him go, and I started uh, with Trip. Yep. And uh, so you must have just passed. I think you passed me right then, didn't you? Yeah, we did pass yeah, you yeah. and Trip. Yeah. And then so I didn't know Brooks was down there, cramping up. Yeah. Like a mug. I got to run the last part of the race with Brooks and Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. And that's cool. It was just so amazing for me to watch the difference or the change that Aaron's made since he did the. He was Rop Course number one, Rite of Passage number one. And so Aaron's a big dude. Um, He came out to do the Rop Course, and, you know, he gets about a, I don't know, maybe a little over a quarter of the way into this thing. Yeah. A little over, yeah, maybe maybe close to halfway into the Rop Course, and he just gets to the point where he he can only move about a half a mile per hour. And, uh, but he never stopped. He trudged through the whole thing. He finished. Well, 
well, just really, really slow. And then for me to see that dude show up, what's it been? Maybe six months, Mm -hmm. six, eight months later. And he's out there after spending eight hours on the, on the course out there, he's out there running, Mm -hmm. you know, running into the finish line. And that Joker's made some big changes in his life. He, you know, and that's a choice that didn't happen by accident. Yeah. That's what I try to tell people, man, that did not happen by accident. He, I'm assuming he came out to the ROP course and he was like, holy crap. You know, it kind of, maybe, may, I don't know how it impacted him, but he decided to change, obviously, a lot of things about his lifestyle. Um, so that was really cool to get to run it in with Aaron and Brooks. Yeah. Especially with Brooks, you know, being all dramatic and, you know, <laughs> acting like he's cramping and stuff. Cramps aren't even real, man. Well, yeah, he started. Uh, he really disputed you on that. Your but. your mind, your y- y'all always cramping and stuff. Your mind is just making these cramps up. They're not even real. So, um, well, here in a minute, we're going to talk about Cornbread's first mountain bike ride. All right, <laughs> gonna, fly, there's a bunch of flies in here. Have y'all oh, seen all them that. flies? Lord of the Lord of the dang flies They're everywhere. Yeah. Um. But while we're at it, two two of our uh, two of our partners were out at the race that we just got done talking about, and they are bringing this show to you today. Our first partner, a long time partner, Salty Britches. If you guys ever have had chafing, you know that it really sucks. It can be painful, especially if you are chafing between your legs and in your loins. And then you crap your pants. Yes, we've seen that happen. Bad chafing. You get a bacterial infection. Yes, bad chafing compared with duty. It will will put you in the hospital, okay? So I can't help you stop crapping your pants, but salty britches can help you stop chafing. That that, way when you do crap your pants, you, you don't have to worry about getting this daggone infection. From your doo-doo in your bloodstream, all right? <laughs> so let me go ahead and tell you, if you if you like to run, ride bikes, work, if you're out in the salt water or you're a surfer or whatever it is that you like to do, and all your skin's rubbing up together, you know, put on some of this salty britches before you start, okay? You, you can't put on anti-chafing cream after you're already chafing. You just, it ain't going to work for you at that point. Put it on before you daggone start. And it's going to make your life a lot better. I promise you. So, GetSaltyBritches.com. We've been using this stuff for years and years. Awesome people. Awesome product. I just love it. Saved my butt. I put it on my feet and everything. Mm-hmm. Keep me from getting blisters. Save your butt, your loins, mm-hmm. your feet, your feet, feet. everything. <laughs> and that body glide crap, that stuff ain't. It, it don't, don't work. work. No, it don't work. They mm-hmm. used to that. So that's all we had when we when we when I was in buds. All we had was them sticks of body glide. Mm-hmm. You put that stuff on before a two mile ocean swim. Pull your wetsuit on. You know, you get thirty minutes, twenty minutes into the swim, it's already wore off. Well, it's like deodorant too. I don't like how it. It's terrible. Yeah, this stuff actually stays on you. Check them out at GetSaltyBritches.com. And if you don't get out and move your and run and do stuff like that uh, to where you generate some chaffage, 
well, you probably need to quit being a stinking turd, and you probably need to start doing stuff that's chafing you up, man. Do it. Our other partner, Drink Hoist, y'all know about Hoist. Son, they hammer this stuff at the race. Dude. Good night. Allie had hundreds of bottles of this hoist out on the aid station table. It was gone. I mean. Halfway through yeah. the dang race. Yeah. You know why? Because it's good stuff. Yeah. When you start sweating and you're all dehydrated and crap, like all of y'all, most of y'all are, you'll start craving this, man. Look, you get so dehydrated, you take you a swig of this right here, it's like biting into a daggone medium-rare T-bone steak. I'm talking about it hits the spot. It hits the spot. Right? It hydrates you better than water. It's got everything your body needs. Calcium, potassium, magnesium, sodium. It's got, uh, it's even got a little bit of, ca- it's got 70 calories in it, some carbs in it. It'll keep you going, man. I drink this stuff for about four days straight out on Coca-Dona. It's good, easy on your stomach. It tastes good. And just awesome people. Made in America. No preservatives. It's sweetened with real cane sugar. Not your high fruit and toast corn syrup and all that crap. Get you some, man. Drinkhoist.com. If y'all get anything out of this podcast, it makes a difference if you will uh, support the companies that support this show. So instead of getting you an old, you know, tub of Vaseline to stop your chafing, go get you some salty britches. Not only does it work better, but you're supporting good American companies. All right? Comes in these little packs right here, too. I keep a bunch of these in my... Oh, I got these things stashed everywhere, dude. That's who's bringing the show to you today. Corn, did you have any chaffage going on this morning on that mountain bike? No, I put my salty britches on at the house. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Why'd you decide to take up mountain biking, man? Well... Me and Cooney, Cooney actually, my youngest son, we got a trail beside the house. It's an old railroad bed. You know what it is, the Silver Comet Trail. And it does about 70, close to 80 miles in Georgia, and then goes over to the Chief Ladega Trail in Alabama, and I think they got about 22 miles of trail. So he just, out of the blue, said, I want to do the whole Silver Comet Trail, and then it turned into doing the whole Chief Ladega Trail. And I mentioned it to you, and you said, well, I got a bike you can borrow. So the, there it is. You been riding much? I rode twice, other than the day makes three times. And oh, it, gosh, man, the day was only your third ride? Yeah. Well, that just, I thought you, dude, I gave started, you that man. freaking bike two or three man, weeks I'm, ago. Why ain't you been riding more than two times, man? I've been working, grinding. You know Good what night, I mean? cornbread. <laughs> yeah. You can put a flashlight on that thing and ride at night, man. Nonetheless, said he's been in the gym. I just gave that joker a bike three yeah. weeks ago. He ain't this road, but once a week, man, that ain't gonna cut it, corn. I seen him over there looking at that thing at your house. He was contemplating on just leaving it up there after that <laughs> ride today. <laughs> <laughs> what? Come on now. But you've been riding on the pavement and stuff. But yeah, today, concrete. But today we took you off off the pavement up a mountain. That's a big difference. What'd you learn up in there, son? Every stick, gully, dip, and swapping them gears, I ain't got that down at all. Mm. But every step, I mean, pine cone, what you know is going to slow you down big time. How'd your body hold up? If you don't stop, you ain't stuck. (laughs) You right about that. You know what I'm saying? Well, 
The worst part of it was going up the hill, going up the hills, mm-hmm. and I would slide back <laughs> in my in the seat, and my testes did not enjoy that one bit. Well, I also saw you slide off the front of your seat and rack your 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 loins on the top tube of your bicycle. Well, I think you did that on purpose. <laughs> I, it, I Why swear, would somebody you, do did. that on purpose, dude. I swear you did that on purpose because you know we were watching you. He pulled up, he slammed that front brake, slid off, and he like, acted like he slid off the front of his seat onto the top tube. Who of his does bike. that? Don't no, 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 do We look, look back at him. He racked come his on, rack. Come man. on, CB. Look, I'm a grown man. And I got stuff going on down there, and you got to be careful on that bicycle. I'm just telling you. You, I, you ask Corn if he's going to ride again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that that uh, that was the biggest deal was I was sliding back in the seat. That I, I realized, hey, on that bike, you got to have some core strength that you really ain't even thinking about yeah, when you, you get off that pavement. Because, like I said, every – Dip and gully, and I come up with own, my own names for them: steps and stops and hops, and it was it was way different. I got to noticing when I would get some decent speed going up a hill, but I was all over the trail like this right here, and I'm sure that was taking a lot of my momentum mm-hmm. from me too. Oh yeah, you know for sure it was. Yeah. Well, you did terrible, man. You took forever. Hey, Chad said, "Corn, get on that bike. We're gonna be out here all freaking day, man." <laughs> Corn, corn, corn. Uh, I think I think you know he he got into kind of the mode where I think he get was starting to think. Well, maybe I'll just hike up this thing. <laughs> it but crossed I, his mind. I kept putting the pressure on him to stay yeah. on that bike, and he and you improved by the end. Oh yeah, yeah. You improved greatly by the end. Thanks, know, to, thanks to the tips I gave you. Yeah, you know? yeah. Definitely thanks to the tips you gave me. I noticed I was hunched way over more than y'all was. Like I had old hump in my back, you know. Y'all, y'all had that straight bike. Did Did he take that bike down there and get it fitted more no. for him? Oh. No, he's got he's got to go talk to my man Darren down at Shift. And Darren, yeah. if you're listening to this, man, my man Cornbread needs a a bike fit. Yeah, that's gonna help a lot. But but even then, when you're riding the bike, you have to intentionally keep that neutral spine. In the seat. Even once you have the bike fitted, you're going to be tempted to still round your back. Yeah. And you have to intentionally maintain that neutral spine. Like, you know, every 20 or 30 minutes, you have to check in with your riding position because you're just naturally going to get slumped over in that yeah. thing. And that has a lot to do with core strength and stuff, too. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so tip to you guys, if you're, if you're getting into bike riding – which some some fools said not long ago that they were going to do the TNGA. I remember people were talking about they were going because I called I called somebody out. You called mailman out. Mailman, yeah, mailman. If you're gonna do a long bike ride, get your bike fitted. Do y'all know the don't be a tur- the uh, later turd stickers? Do we still have those? They're still in stock. The later turd stickers. All right, that that is from me riding. 360 miles on a bike that wasn't fitted for me, my pinky was stuck like this for months. My hands were numb. I had zero grip strength. If you don't get your bike fitted, 
it actually kills the nerves in your hands. And those nerves, it kills the nerve endings. And those nerves grow back really slowly. So get your bike fitted, man. I'm telling you, it's going to make a big difference. Are you going to do the Colorado Trail with us? Oh, no. No, I got say I, what? I got the silver comet. Hold up, say what? I got the silver comet ride first. That's man. you can do that in the spring, Bubba. Are well, you doing that silver comet ride, Chad? I'll do it. Yeah, I'll I'm, do the I'm silver doing comet. The silver comet ride. I'll do that on my and, light speed, and then something else. Something else. G G's wanting to do a half marathon, so I got to make time to help G out too. Are you doing Colorado trail race? Trail race. Yeah, the Colorado trail race. I don't know what that is. In August. I, what I was telling you about this morning. Oh, you well. You going to do it with me? Well, it, it don't need to interfere with no nothing else. I'll tell you that. Well, look at your calendar, dummy. No, look at our calendar. Our calendar. <laughs> yeah. You can't be doing that, man. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> the Colorado Trail Race is 570 miles. Is it literally a race? You're calling it it's a race, race. now. Oh. It, is a, it is a race. It's a group start. It's a race. Yep. Well, you can start totally that whenever you want. Well, yeah, you can ride any of these routes anytime well, you want. That's what I'm saying. Just, so just like you any. You got to let it interfere with nothing well, else. Just like any foot race you run. You can run the route anytime you want. Oh, yeah. But it is a race, and there's a start date. And tracking and all that. So, we're doing that in August. Get your freaking mind right, son. What's up with you, Blake? You got anything to add up to this point? No, man. I don't, yeah. I don't still have, just being a turd? Man, my gut's bubbling. <laughs> that did bubble guts. What'd you do? Eat broccoli last night? Peroxide. Well, look, man. I got something to add. You like this shirt I got on? It's my new favorite shirt. Didn't somebody give that to you? Yeah. I said that's I was gonna OG. Wear, said I was going to wear it last week, but. That's OG Bojangles right there, son. Look at that. Yeah. Them people wasn't even from Cedartown, was they? Dang, son. Wasn't they from Florida oh, or something? They're from Florida. Carolyn and uh, how'd they Don. Get, yeah. How'd, yeah, I remember, yeah, how'd they get that? I don't know. That's Cedar old school, man. They hooked man. me up, man. Yeah. My new favorite shirt. I said I was going to wear it last week, but I was in North Korea. So. They were cool people. Heck yeah, man. I freaking hate Bojangles, man. You know why. What? I, yeah, you know why I hate Bojangles. When's the last time every, you had their tea? Every time I'm trying to go to the gym in the morning, there's so many fat hogs that live in Rome. <laughs> they, they block an, an entire lane of traffic on the main road. To turn into the drive-thru on Bojangles. I wish somebody just rear-end the mess out of them people. When well, somebody ran a car through the Bojangles. <laughs> yeah, they did. They yeah. still ain't fixed that. I still accuse Chad of that, but... Yeah, when's the last time you had their tea? That Cajun fillet biscuit. I'm not that, eating that. That Bowberry biscuit. The Chad Chad and look, go, man, that'll change your tune. So. Chad and them go buy Bojangles to get their dog food. They go, yeah, get, they they go do. buy their the dog The last time Bojangles. I went to Bojangles was to get the dogs some chicken strips, and, and we bought a chicken strip meal, and it came with a biscuit. Mm -hmm. and, and the dogs won't go eat the biscuit. So I said, let me try this biscuit. I took one bite of that thing, and I couldn't stop eating it. <laughs> I couldn't like. That's what heard I, I couldn't stop eating it. It didn't have nothing on it either. I'm talking about it was just a dry biscuit. They got that butter baked in. That, that's how that Bowberry biscuit is with that little 
drizzle I, on top. I, I call it <laughs> the, the meth berry biscuit. Yeah. They put that drizzle on there, and <laughs> you eat that thing, and you are bug-eyed, Change son. your tune. Yeah. Chad needs to eat one of them for his next speaking engagement. <laughs> that meth berry biscuit, boy. They're making, they're making everybody fat around here. And, and you know, when, when you, no, look, when you no, look at the no, – Hey, nope. We, look. Hey, nope. <laughs> hey. Nope. When you look at the drive through line in the Bojangles down here in Rome, any morning during the week, every other car is a police car. Every other car is, a, is a police or sheriff car. <laughs> every that's other just, vehicle. That's an extreme exaggeration. State. Rome is loaded with the police. Why? Yeah, fats. That's, we need to go to the parking lot of a bo, Bojangles of the morn and interview them. Let Chad and Chili interview the people sitting in the line. What if we could get that's in? A, that's that, a good well, idea. That'd be a good episode. What if we could get you know? in with Bojangles and they put on the headset, and when the people come through the line, they could act like they were working for Bojangles, but be interviewing them. <laughs> there you go. Them. I'll just start. Do you know how many calories is in that meal you just ordered? I'll, just start, I'll just start my own Bojangles just to fat shame people. <laughs> I'll buy a Bojangles franchise. We'll put it up, but we won't actually sell any food. We'll just have people come through and order food, and then we just fat shame them and send them away hungry. Well, dude, you know uh, our idea about going and doing some odd jobs. Why don't we uh, – well, that's episode one, man, Bojangles. We'll go work the drive-thru line. I bet we'd be good at it. Night, son. Them folks got to stay out of that mud, don't they, Corn? They get stuck. That's right. That's get right. stuck in the mud. Look, I'm serious, man. Watch this. Is the camera on me, Blake? Y'all try this sometime. Watch this. They ain't nothing better. Coffee and hoist? All right. There ain't nothing better. You see how he's mixing that? Mm Mm-hmm. Before this Lord of the Flies thing gets carried away, that thing he takes and mixes up in that glass jar, y'all know the glass jar I'm talking about. It's a pickle jar. Chad mixes this concoction of protein. It's probably got ignition, creatine, um, avocado, peanut butter, honey, guano. Just the scales off a turkey feet. And he mixes it in this jar, and he drinks it. And not only does he drink it, but if you're out on mission with him, you have to babysit the jar because he puts it in places where it's going to oh, bust. Yeah. He'll put it on the dash. That's he'll, to keep y'all sharp. He'll put it in the dang, the, the side of the door and that don't hold nothing. It's mm-hmm. just leaning right there. Yep. So when you're driving, you got to stop and pick <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But Lean anyhow, it's got drippage that comes down the side. Well, it's always half full. Yeah, and the flies <laughs> love it. They love it. That's no. why the flies was in That's the suburban. That's why Corn's got his eye on that jar so much, because the flies left. Corn, you walked in my house this morning, 50 flies followed you in the you house. You made that concoction this morning. You made that, and the jar Look, was probably laying there open. I seen Chad in there making that smoothie. He pulled out three Zen pouches, busted them open, and poured that nicotine <laughs> into his smoothie. Nicotine salt. Dad, no, man. We, so we did some training for a private group last week. And corn was running support out of our work truck, our suburban. And we get done at the end of the day, and me and Chili and Blake load up in that suburban. Corn been driving it all day. I'm not kidding you. There were so many flies in that suburban. You couldn't drive the vehicle. 
You you couldn't <laughs> safely operate the vehicle. There were so many flies in it. He about got pulled over. We passed that cop. He you about know, pulled us over. Unsafe. You know why? You'd been down there with them people catching them catfish all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why. Them you eating them eating sides. <laughs> no, that jar had been in there with that with that drippage on it. No, and look, the flies were them catfish people, it. man. He smelled like catfish. <laughs> that was a Friday evening. I got back in that suburban on Sunday to drive to my mama's house. And there was still so many flies in it. We had to pull off the road, open all the doors, and, and fan the flies out of the vehicle to safely drive it. I've never seen so many flies in a dang vehicle right right anywhere. Okay? Bad bull. And then he walked in my house this morning, 50 flies followed him in. Because he's eating that Bojangles all the time. So, Lord of the Flies, yes, sir. I'm just telling you, that after that concoction you make in that jar. Well, uh, all right. What's up, YouTube? Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. We're glad you're here. Whether you're listening on audio or tuning in live on video, what's going on with you? We're glad you're up in the studio with us today. What's this podcast titled? Uh, then Comes the End or something like that? It's supposed to be titled... Then the end shall come. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be titled. I can check. I don't No, that's all right, Chili. I know what it's titled. <laughs> I just asked Blake that to see if he's doing his dang job. It's actually titled Then the End Will Come. It should be Shall Come. Oh. So you Good gosh, Blake. <laughs> you didn't say you got shall. one stinking job, you man. You didn't even say shall. Holy crap, man. Look, you're so scatterbrained, you don't even know what you're saying. Just talk about something. Fire somebody up. Good night. Uh, yes. So, a lot of our podcasts are titled, The End is Near, uh, The End is Here, all of this stuff. So, today's episode, we're going to take a look at what the end is actually going to look like when it gets here, all right? And so we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 24. Now, um, this is one of my absolute favorite places to go and read about the end of the age. And there are many prophecies in the Bible concerning the end of the age, but this is one that was spoken by Jesus Christ himself when his disciples came up and asked him, what are going to be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus actually gives them a pretty detailed answer. And so we're going to take a look here about what is it going to look like when the end of the age actually comes. Y'all cool with that, YouTube? Is everybody cool with that? I tell you what, I hope I hope Dad's not watching live on YouTube today. Uh my dad, he get when we get on here and we start talking about the Bible and all these um all these heebs get in on the comments 
that that hate it that we talk about the Bible, it just drives him insane. Oh, he's on. He doesn't. Hit, oh, he doesn't gosh, hit the comment. Dad, you better Hebes. You better slow down. I mean, it drives him wild. And you know what? I tried to explain to Dad the other day. I said, I said, look. When you see these heebs on on uh, YouTube that are that are you know trolling in the con- in the live comments, all right, I, w- I want you to understand who you're dealing with. I said, all right, Dad, you know, you know when you when you pull out of uh, the 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 kind of the back road leading to Dad's house uh, right there on one hundred and one, and there's that gas station right there across the, the the intersection. Yeah, I said, Dad, what you need to do is you need to go over to that gas station and walk into that gas station and look around you. Just stay in, it. Just stay in there for a little bit and look at the type of people that's coming in and out of that gas station. You know, the, the ones that are going back there to them little mini slot machines and buying their lottery tickets and their cat cartons of cigarettes and they're just mealing about. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all yeah. ever been to any of these old... These, look, Mr. C's is the same way. They've got a whole lineup yeah. of uh, slot machines. And <laughs> look, the type of people that are in here commenting on this on these lives and trolling, it's the same people you see pull, playing a slot machine in the back of a grimy gas station in Silver Creek. Well, they're a little worse than that because at least the slot machine operators, they're just on there, like, just keeping to themselves, trying to make them no, extra it's, dollars. No, it's the same people. They're picking up their phone between <laughs> pulling their gas station slot machine or scratching their lottery ticket off, Lots and of they're things. making a comp. They're finding a live chat to, to enter in on. So, <laughs> Georgia I, Lottery. I, I, I want to let y'all know, if you live in the country... Go to your most redneck, grimy, trashy gas station. Walk in there. Look around you at the people that they they ain't got no teeth to the point their lips is folded in. You you know what I'm talking about? Look, Chad, Chad, that's why they eat Bojangles, man, because the biscuits are soft enough they can chew them. They fold mouth. (laughs) (laughs) The roof of their mouth. I don't watch one's mouth fold. Got that caffeine mouth. Two out of three of them, their lips is folded in because they got no teeth to push their lips out, okay? That's the type of people that you're dealing with in a live chat on a YouTube, all right? In that culture, them machines are called dang-dang machines. Dang, Some dang people machine. call them yeah. ding, 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 ding. What the crap is that, man? Where's making that racket? Mm-hmm. Look, they're it, just playing for store credit. Yeah, it, <laughs> it makes racket, ding, 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 and all this and all that. When I was policing, we'd set up on them stores. You, you, you'd get some, you'd get some stuff out of them. That's stores. the type of people that are on yeah. the live chat. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know the type of people I'm talking about. Yeah. So when you get frustrated about a comment that you see on the YouTube live chat when we're talking about biblical things, just picture in your mind what that human being actually looks like. Their lips are folded in. <laughs> they got they probably got no hair or scraggly hair. Kenneth Hop said they got inverted lips. Yeah. <laughs> That's the type of people you're talking about here, all right? So, settle down. Settle down, Dad. (laughs) 
Just had to throw that in there. That boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We tell it how it is on here. So let's look at Matthew 24. What is the end going to look like? Jesus answered his disciples and said, Take heed that no man deceives you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. So verses 4 through 6. Here's verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. So verses 4 through 6, Jesus is kind of setting this up, just talking about the course of the ages after uh, he is crucified and resurrected and ascends into heaven. He's just, set, he's just saying this is how it's going to be. This is just the course of the age, all right? You're going to hear of wars, rumors of wars. Uh, there's going to be people that, that are that are coming in my name and you're going to deceive many and uh, all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet and i would say that's a pretty accurate description of the last two thousand years of human history yeah it's been filled with with hundreds hundreds if not thousands of wars and rumors of wars and deception and all this stuff right but then in verse seven and eight he transitions and he begins to describe a, a different phase from just the course of the times in, verse seven, in verses 7 and 8. He begins to describe the beginning of the birth pangs. All right? And so I don't know. I, I've never seen a woman in labor before. But th- this is the reference he makes is birth pangs. Pains. Pangs, whichever one you want to call it. But when a woman starts to have these birth pains or contractions, it's it it kind of starts, you know, and it gets progressively worse, doesn't it? Yeah, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. I mean you kind of feel oh yeah, there's one, but son. As time goes on, and that Joker's and that and that Joker's ready to give birth, the Joker's is rough, son. Right. All right. I've never witnessed it before. I I ain't witnessing it. I I am not going to watch a woman birth a child. Ain't doing it. Okay. <laughs> if my wife ever has a child, ain't. Being in there. There ain't no reason for me to be in there, you right? You have to be in there. There's no reason for me to be you, there. You're going to be in there. Why would you? You're going to be in there. Why? She's going to want you in there, and you're going to be in there. It ain't my job to be in there. That's The doc- The doctors need to be in there. She might need something. You might can You can comfort her and be right there with her, support her. I'll have one of her friends in there with her. Were you in there when, when Caitlin had a baby, Blake? Yeah. What about the other baby, Blake? Both of them? Oh, yeah. Describe these birth pangs to me, man. Well, you, I mean, you've witnessed them. Yeah. I mean, that. I think once they start, they, they all, they're pretty rough from the start. They might progressively get worse. But, I mean, yeah. That, I've not experienced it. You can see they kind of come and go, you know. They get roughed, and they, it's like they kind of, you know, lax off. And then the next one hits a little bit harder. And you got a little break, and before you know it, they're back-to-back. Number 10. 
We should have had a woman in here today that had been through this that could have described this to us. Everybody keeps saying the sound's out. Sound's out. Sound. This camera's flashing over here. Says uh, no card. That's fine. Okay. The sound on what? Be more act. Be more descriptive. YouTube. <laughs> the sound's out. Well, now now they're all a bunch of other ones saying the sound is fine. They probably okay. Just got well, service. yeah, there's those gas station people. <laughs> all right, that's those gas station people again. Daggum, no lips can't even hear anyway. <laughs> Freaking ridiculous <laughs> gas. Get back on your dang slot, mas- ding ding machine, man. <laughs> You got to afford that next carton of cigarettes, all right? <laughs> Holy crow. Juggers are chewing the cud, ain't they? <laughs> you see them all in there chewing the cud when they're on them dang-dangs. Like <laughs> shaky legs. Smacking their lips. Yeah. <laughs> so we transition from the course of the times to the actual beginning of the birth pangs in verse 7 and 8. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of the sorrows, and that's that word, the beginning of sorrows, i.e. travail, which is the sign given, uh, indicating there will be a succession of travail pains or birth pains in preparation for the birth of a new age to come. Mm. All right. So when do you guys in known history, if you had to just take a wild guess, when would you think or maybe say that these birth pains started kingdom against kingdom Famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places, globally, diverse places. Well, I mean... I mean, if you had to guess. Well, I mean, from the beginning of the age, the beginning of people, once people started there being enough of us, all that started. But, I mean, the like I always say, the latter days means after Christ. That started as soon as he departed the earth. I mean, I, I wouldn't like... Like, it is progressing like you're getting at. Like, it's progress, you know, and that that's what it's going to do, just like birth. I mean, it's going to, you know, maybe come in kind of cycles, but each progress and progress and progress, and then finally it'll be the time. But, I mean, so it's... Well, I think Chad's hinting to what he always hints to is that, you know, technology is, has, yeah. well, you know, I, made I, this process well, that's expedited, another, yeah, exactly. and I think that's true. It's another progression, yeah, exactly. But I do think that it has always been going on yeah. anywhere there has ever been humans. Well, it has. There has been this stuff going on. But, but it has I, progressed, yeah. Yeah, I do think it has progressed. I, I would say, for me, as I thought about this, where where we see the first time in in known history of a, a, a shift from kind of, again, describing in verse 6, local wars and rumors of wars, kind of, but 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 look, I'm assuming he's talking about localized because in seven, then he talks about kingdom against kingdom, and he piles on the famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. So, I to me, the beginning of these birth pains. If I look at uh, at history, I would say 
if I had to guess, the best example of this of these contractions beginning would be World War One, where we see massive, where we see global war for the first time in human history. We see kingdoms rising against kingdoms, and then we also see the beginning of these massive, widespread. Uh, famines and pestilences and natural disasters and things of of that nature. So well, long before that, right? I mean, yeah, like I mean, it's... what 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 a what a but World War One was a distinct transition. There had never been anything like that prior to that. You see what I'm saying? That was yeah, the first. That was the first occurrence, and that's going to continue to be the case. Exactly. I mean, like that's the thing. Like, that's the beginning of the birth pains. Well, in my, this is in my opinion. Ancient yeah, I mean, I think Look, that, we're, I, we're allowed to speculate here. Well, and I think that's subjective. I mean, it's going to be subjective to anybody. Ancient on. kingdoms were still regional, Blake. It well. was still regionalized. That's what. That's what makes World War One so different. It was the entry into this new level of. Of wars, yeah. uh, of e- even a new level of pestilence and plague, because now these things can be spread mm. around that time frame, can be spread across the globe because of air air travel yeah. and also technology. There's just nothing to compare to World War One prior to that. Yeah. I so that, that that's your take on it going into well, diverse places. Plague. Is yeah. That, is that what you? Yeah. Thinking? That was a little before that. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, yeah, because that's what sticks out the most to me in diverse places. Yep, like he wasn't. He that's far from local. It's no longer regionalized. Yeah. That's right. exactly right, and and that's why, that's why I go to that World War One as okay as we read through this. That that to me makes the most sense of this transition from five and six being just the course of of uh, of the age now to the beginning of the actual travail that's my personal opinion on it and we have seen when we talk about we talked about earlier those contractions how they they come and then they let up and then they come again and then they let up and we're seeing that we saw that with world war ii Mm -hmm. um i think that we will we will we we see the pestilence and plagues just uh just in our in our recent times, and I think that we will continue to see more global, w- world scale war, uh, even potentially in our lifetime, uh, that will that will get increasingly worse. Yeah, the things don't go away; they just add on. Yeah, like, yeah. But once you've got world wars, if we're gonna you know use that just that term, then you'll continue to have those, and then you'll get something yeah. new. Well, I get you trying to kind of pinpoint a start, but one thing I'll say, too, is I've never been too concerned with, like, that shift and that shift. I mean, if you're talking about is it going to progress, what's the progression like, well, yes, every day. Mm-hmm. Literally, every day that passes, you're closer. I mean, we're a heck of a lot closer than we were in World War One. They're closer the next day after World War One kicks off. And so the problem, though, is, is you start saying, man, look how much we progressed. Look at today compared to then. But – you still, I mean, and this is what they're trying, what he's trying to tell you. You don't know when it's coming. Like, yes, we're way ahead of where we were, but you have no idea what's ahead of you. Oh, uh, yes, you're, yes. All you know is you're closer than you were. Well, that that's, you could be 
We'll, we'll actually two thousand years away. We'll actually read that here in just a minute because right? because you're that's, not going to pinpoint the day, but there is a progression well, exactly. that can be identified in the yep. description yep. that Jesus Christ gave us but, of the end of the age, and that's what I'm trying to identify. But I think at the same time, you don't even need that to know that we're closer than we were well, because no, we're closer not. than we were. Yeah, but you still don't know what's in front of you. But that's why nothing changes. You know, like you don't. Nothing should change. One where you're at. So we go from kind of the course of the times. Now we go into the starting of the the travail or uh, the beginning of the sorrows. And then we see in verse 9 another aspect of the, the beginning of this time where the contractions begin, where the earth is being prepared to birth a new age. We see another interesting aspect of this time Jesus says then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake now who is Jesus talking to here predominantly who did Jesus speak to he's talking to the disciples here the, right yeah the body. yeah Jewish people his people right that's predominantly who Jesus came for, yeah. was the people of Israel, his God's people. So he's talking to Jewish men here, and he's saying, They shall deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. When did, uh, when, what, what, was, what was the most prevalent fulfillment of this in our human history, World War Two. <clears throat> so we see, we see this is another huge aspect of knowing. Okay, we are now in the contractions. We've moved to a different stage. A persecution of God's people, delivering them up, killing them wholesale. And the fact that they should be hated by all the nations of the world for my name's sake. Now, does this apply? I think this also applies to, could apply to Christians uh, in, in various cases. Well, you think Jews are hated for Jesus' name's sake? Well, that's, the, that's another question. As Jesus is saying this, he says, for my name's sake, could that... He's speaking to Jewish men. Could that be implied for Yahweh's sake? Well, I mean that—that's what the God al- of the Bible. That, that's what always gets interesting about. So is this a? Uh, yeah, that's what Jews I'm saying. Using Christians in the, I mean, nobody taught. Well, no, I mean, I, I very rarely hear anybody say what you just said about who Jesus was talking to in that. Jews. Yeah. I mean, that's very rarely said, acknowledged. Thought about, that's what I hate. No one thinks about mm-hmm. any of that. But, I mean, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to say that that's not who he's talking to. Well, yeah. And then that makes it interesting when you look at the whole course of Jewish history, you know, Jewish history, and then you hear, and he says, for my name's sake. But it's, once again, it's like, I see all this, it seems to me, another thing I'm confused about, all the separation of Jesus and God the Father. When It's the same. I mean, the, 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 the point is that it's the same. 
Yep. He's the same. Like that's I don't know. It's interesting. So so yeah, when when I read this in verse nine, I think most most people want to read this and then they want to apply this to the persecution of modern day Christians. Mm-hmm. They're not applying it to the persecution of Israel and God's people. When I read verse nine, I'm looking at this sign that that Jesus identifies here as being persecution against Israel, the nation of Israel and against the Jewish people, um, which we saw beginning in World War II and has now continued in, in diversifying levels of intensity. Even to this day, now we see obviously what's going on with Israel, and we also see progressively the nation of Israel being hated by all nations, to include America, we see how many people here in the United States, if you scroll social media, you see how many people now are choosing to turn their back on the nation of Israel. Even here in the United States, which we have traditionally been Israel's biggest ally, that's changing. So are you saying there that they are hated because they are Jewish and not because they follow Jesus? Because of the God, I'm saying there. This is this verse is saying because for my name's sake, because they are a nation set apart, following or or worshiping the God of the Bible. The, Yahweh. That, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too, though. So, Not only was he talking to the Jews, but they followed him. The disciples followed him. And I think that's where the for my namesake comes because they are followers of Christ. They believed he is who he is. See what yeah, I'm I mean, saying? there is a question on who, who he was, to, you know. Yeah, what's the emphasis on the, the, the Jewish or the follower of Christ? And yeah, if it's right. on the follower of Christ, then that would apply, apply to modern-day Christians to also. Us. Now, um, yeah, so. Well, and there's no question. I mean, that's always been interesting to me, I would say, confusing. Like, even the fact that, you know, the the Jewish people in general being God's people. I mean, that's an interesting thing to follow through history and try to understand. I mean, and how everybody else plays into that, how we play into that, you know. I mean, it's. And also what they called, what they consider Jewish might be a little different than what we consider Jewish today also. Well, even just the fact that there's 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 a God's people and it's not mm-hmm. everybody, right? I mean yeah. it's set apart like that. I mean that's that's all been hard to understand. And I mean I don't think anybody yeah. I think there's an expl I think there is a is a um logical explanation for Yahweh the God, God creator of the universe for, I think there's an explanation for why he set apart a certain group of people, uh, for himself on the, on the earth. We're not going to go into that today, but verse nine, whether you, whether, whether, whether you take this as the persecution of Christians or the persecution of the Jewish people, which is the way I read it personally. Uh, I'm not sure. We see that is another aspect of the beginning of the birth pains. 
which is leading us, you know, into this next level of awareness of the the uh, the coming of the end of the age. And so we saw if we if we apply it to the Jewish people, we saw that beginning in World World War Two specifically. And, uh, and I believe that we will see another probably example of that in the near future. Um, another world war, you mean? Another world war and specifically persecution of, of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we'll move on to verse 10. Verse 10. And then, many shall be offended... And betray one another and hate one another. So now we're talking about many, the peoples of the earth, shall be offended. People are, we're gonna, we're gonna be living in an age where people are easily offended. Uh, there's gonna be widespread um, betrayal, distrust, and hatred for one another. And again, we move, we're, we're once, when we're talking about this frame of time, we, we have moved from, from regional isolated incidents to now global widespread description of humanity as a whole. Many shall be offended. Well, that sounds familiar to me. You about near can't say nothing these days without somebody getting offended about something. Many shall betray one another. Oh, that sounds very similar to me. The level of trust that we have in each other uh, as as mankind in our, uh, whether it's, each other or our elected officials or or any thing around us the level of trust that exists is freaking just it's unbelievable man like even just in my lifetime it's unbelievable and the level of freaking hate that exists is uh is hard to describe so we're just seeing here as Jesus is, is describing these times, these things are going to increase in comparison to other times in known human history. Verse 11, And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity, this is 12, shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. So here's another aspect. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So, false prophets. In addition to the false Christs, there will be false prophets throughout the Christian era or the era that we are living in now. I would say that this prophecy has been abundantly fulfilled more than ever in our recent years. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall grow cold. Well, 
Yep. But he that shall endure <clears throat> to the end, the same shall be saved. So in spite of um, in spite of all this that's going on, there are going to be some who do endure to the end, even unto their salvation. All right, let's look at verse fourteen. And the here here this is an interesting verse right here. I want to get y'all's take on this because now we're in the the birth pains, but then. In verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. That's an interesting... You know, it's it's always been interesting to me how throughout the course of the age, there have been so many predictions of... We're, 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 man, we're right on the cusp. Like it's, it, this thing's about to get wrapped up, right? People have been saying this for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Like, oh, it's about, people have been thinking, oh, it's got to be over soon. It's got to be over soon. But then you have verses like this. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world as a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. How could you be predicting or anticipating the end coming 200 years ago when this specific thing right here was literally impossible to achieve? This, this, this verse 14 was impossible to achieve until recent modern times. Y'all see what I'm saying? What what's y'all what's y'all's take on this? I mean, it, from what, what, what I don't understand the question. What's your take on the gospel needing to be preached to the entire nations? Yeah. Well, I have a question about that. Is I mean, does that mean that that to me that sounds like uh, the end won't be here until every man has heard? Well, it doesn't necessarily say every single man. It well, says unto it all nations. That's why I have a question, because unto all nations, well, I mean, yeah, because there's, I mean, there's little tiny nations that people have tried to go to that they kill every time they get within close proximity, you know, and yeah. like, uh, it's like, well, either those people have to be wiped off that island or they've got to be reached at some point. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, I mean, it's odd. It's like, I don't know how literal that is that every, like, I mean, what's every nation? What is every man? What is it? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's. What is the whole entire world? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, because you could argue it. With, especially with social media and technology and how advanced even third world countries are in some ways compared to what they used to be, uh, that, you know, it has been preached to the nations, to the globe. But that, That's a good question. Do you think that's been achieved? Yeah, I mean, I think depending on your definition of it, you could argue it's been achieved um, or is being achieved basically in this moment. 
pretty much now with the way technology is. I mean, no, not every man is heard, but but that's not going to happen because people die before they hear it, you know. So, I, I don't know. I think you could argue it's been achieved. What What do you think, Corn? I think a lot of people can read this and do read it and try to look for the opposite of what's actually being explained here and just to say, oh, yeah, it's not going to happen right now. The world, whatever they say, is mm-hmm. not going to end sure. right now. Yeah. I think when it's like bare bones, this this is what's going on, and it is being preached, like brought forth. To and and like everybody is getting it maybe simultaneously mm-hmm. by whether it's multiple people or or whatever whether it's just the average Joe on the street that that's sort of my take on it when it's you know when okay I see what you're saying when when it becomes like um what what's the word here everyone's sort of in agreement that hey I'm not saying all all the people of the world but there's just a mass conglomerate saying hey that this is what's up. Yeah. You know. What about you, Blake? Do you think that's been achieved? <clears throat> uh, We're allowed to speculate yeah, here, guys. I don't know. I mean, well, I don't know, you know how to speculate. There is, uh, I don't know what even achieved fully would look like. Well, you I think there are some answer. languages and stuff that the Bible hasn't been translated into, and that doesn't mean they haven't heard the gospel because someone could have verbally given it to them. So... Uh, I don't think that this verse means that every single individual person will have been fed that. I mean, there's other scripture to back up that the you know the law is written on their heart and they inherently know right from wrong, and uh, so that could be a whole other you know discussion. But um, I think specifically, I, it could be, but I you know I don't I don't know I. I couldn't speculate one way or the other, but I think it's possible that it is. And I think that also this list that Jesus gives through all of these verses, I don't think is a comprehensive list. I don't think he's saying that, um, you know, like, hey, be on the lookout for this, 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 and and watch. And But they're asking him, when are you going to come? And he's, I, in my opinion, like what I get as a whole, it's like, hey, things are going to get rough. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. But the gospel is going to be spread everywhere, and everyone will have had an opportunity. Uh, you, you know, like it's it's not unreasonable to think that someone was just totally pushed aside and, and yeah. had no no chance of knowing me at all. Well, yeah, because, I mean, and I think when he, you know, when you're laying out a list like that, they were probably sitting there hearing that and going, well, dang, that's happening now. Yeah. Dang, there's wars now. Dang, there's plagues now. I mean, I think it was it would have hit them like, oh, this could be any time. I mean, this a lot of this stuff he's saying isn't like we don't have to wait on it. Like yeah, it's here. What they thought was was regional might have actually seemed much bigger to them well, at the was. time. I mean, than, yeah, like it than, was the world. Yeah, I, you because know. the 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 world was not even all known. Yeah, so I mean, that's yeah. You hear that at the time, and you go, well, so you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah, and this, you know, all of this stuff is real interesting to think about and study, but some people will look for these things more than they look for Jesus, and that's where the right. problem becomes. Yeah. They see, they, they hone, all right, here's this list, mm-hmm. 
And I has this, and, and it's like it's okay to do that in spurts and study that passage of scripture. But more people look, or a lot of people look more for the Antichrist or for these things than they do the actual Christ. Yeah, that, that's what I was trying to get at when I said a lot of people try to line this up and say, okay, all right, this this ain't what's going on. Yeah, but, they've got a checkbox and they're going yeah, down comparing yeah. it. And do you think? A question for all three of y'all is he talking specifically about what he just said when he says, "And this gospel of the kingdom should be preached, shall be preached in all the world." Specifically, everything that you just read, this gospel here, because we was talking the you know the gospel of Jesus came and is exactly who he is and whatnot. Is he talking specifically about this when this is preached all around the world? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Well, that's a good question. The thing the thing about that is though the account this specific account that Jesus is giving in Matthew 24 is not gospel. The go- what is categorized as the gospel. Right. That's a good question. Well, if you back up, like in Matthew 23, he's talking to the scribes and Pharisees, and he's telling them, you know, about works. Don't, uh, don't do according to their works, um, for they say and do not do. And so he's, he's going through this, you know, this a lot of stuff to the scribes and Pharisees, and then it shifts into 24, and it says, then he left the temple after that, and mm-hmm. his and his disciples came up to him, and and then that's when they posed the question, uh, you know. They they ask him, you know, when when is all this stuff going to happen? What's going on? And then he presents this list, and so he might even be referring to the chapter before this, but yeah, and I, I have a note here on that um, on verse fourteen. This gospel of the kingdom, in quotation marks, is simply the gospel. It is recorded in the parallel account in Mark 13, verse 10. The commission to his followers by Christ was to preach the gospel to every creature, Mark 16, 15, and to be witnesses unto me unto the uttermost parts of the earth. This, has, this, this note here is saying this has not yet been accomplished so, not yet has the end come. Through the worldwide missionary movement and the global preaching of the gospel by radio and literature, it must be close. So, this interpretation by the commentator of this particular Bible that I have is saying the gospel of the kingdom is simply meaning the gospel as we know it, the gospel of who Christ actually is. And he's not talking specifically about what we're reading right here in referring to what and referring to this specific portion of scripture as the good news. The good news is simply the gospel as we know right. it as the gospel, right? So verse 15, here's another really interesting part of this. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet Standing in the holy place, then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains. 
Let them which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, nor let him which is in the field turn back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with a child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall come great tribulation, such was not since the beginning of this world to this time. No, nor shall ever be. Now, one thing that's interesting here is you will hear some people talk about Matthew 24 as if everything in Matthew 24 has already been fulfilled and that this is not actually talking about the end of the age, meaning the end of the world as we know it itself. A lot of people, and I have actually heard... uh, the guys on Unashamed, Phil Robertson and Jace Robertson and those guys, they look at Matthew 24 as all of this has already been fulfilled in human history since the death of Christ um, in ancient days, that there's already been an example of this abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. They don't think this is talking about the end of the age. My argument to that is how could this not be talking about the end of the world as we know it when you take into consideration verses 21 and 22, for then there shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of this world to this time, no, nor shall ever be. So we're reading here that when you see, when whoever's on earth sees this abomination that causes desolation spoken of by Daniel, We're reading here that after that instance, the freaking crap that is about to unfold is unparalleled in the history of the earth. And 22 says, except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. Meaning, unless these days that are coming after that abomination that causes desolation, unless God and unless he did unless if he wouldn't cut them short that all the entire human race would be killed but for the elect's sake those days will be shortened so how can you say that this is talking about something that's already happened when when this clearly says in reference to the time after this abomination that causes desolation is going to usher in a unparalleled um, tribulation that's unparalleled in the in, in the and will never be replicated in the entire history of the earth, and that if it wasn't cut short by the return of Christ, that the entire human race would perish. Well, that's what that hasn't saying. happened. That's yet. what they're saying we're in right now. And that must be what they're saying we're in now, and will be cut short when Jesus comes back. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they're saying? Because they're saying that's already happened. And then Yeah, they're saying that they're saying that's all they're saying that's already happened. And maybe maybe that is what they're implying. Like, that, so that's what, what we're we in right now? now. Yeah. Yeah, what are we in right but now then is my question. There's been no there has been no occurrence after this sing, singular event that is unparalleled in the history of humanity. Well, I suppose their argument would be that that's right now. And what we're going through right now with the technological advancements is the unparalleled part. That could be. 
I don't know. That could be their argument. I've just heard them say that, but I, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's a. So what do you, I, I what do do you not disagree agree. with? I do not agree with that. You just don't I, think. That's, I think this is. Ta- I don't think this has happened yet. The abomination. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a little note in my Bible in in uh, parentheses after verse fifteen says, "When therefore, when ye shall therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place." In parentheses, it says, "Who, whoso readeth, let him understand." So, what is this abomination of desolation? Do you guys have you guys done any research on that? Yeah, in Revelation, but I mean, I don't. How specific are you wanting? Like, I don't know exactly what it will look like. Or, I, well, it's an it's an interesting thing because. Um, yes, it does go to Revelation. Again, a lot of this that we're reading ties into re- the book of Revelation. So in Revelation 13, verse 14 and 15, yeah, the abomination of desolation refers to the image of the beast, which shall be yeah. set up by the Antichrist and his false prophet as an object of enforced global worship. So this, yeah, but if you're asking what that is, I don't... This is some sort of, of <laughs> image that is set up in the temple, in the, the the Jewish temple, is set up by a man, some sort of image, and basically it, it will be the object of worship for all of the world. And that could certainly just be, you know, um, Islam taking over the Jewish temple and setting up everything of their own there. And then worshiping that out of that place, and then that being, I mean, that seems to fit that fine, you know. You know, one one of the interesting things about this is if if you if you study on this and you you understand it as you understand it as this image of Antichrist, whatever that looks like, being set up in the Jewish temple as an object of worship for the entire world well for this to come to pass we would have to see the reconstruction of the jewish temple in israel for this to come to pass if that's the if that if we're if we're understanding this right that temple doesn't exist and they won't they can't rebuild that temple because the Muslims have built a mosque on the site of that temple yeah, called the Dome the, of the Rock. It's the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, that's there. Yeah, that's so, there. I mean, that's there. So Being if, worshipped out of now. That's true. I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting at earlier. <laughs> well, the, the, that's true. I mean, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is in that location, and a graven image has been, you know, put up. And it's being worshipped out of now. And, you know, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is being, you know, people want to tear that down all the time. And Yeah. I don't know. The Jewish people don't like that mosque being there. No, sir. And the, the Muslims did not like the, or don't want a temple there. I think to get the full understanding of this, you have to, you have to look at, you have to look in multiple other places in Scripture. Um a note I have here, this will take place according to Daniel's prophecy, which you should go back and read if you want to understand this, because Jesus specifically mentioned that 
uh, spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Um, after the prince shall come, which has made a seven. See, and this is the, this is an, another interesting thing. When you look at Revelations and you look at Daniel, it does talk about this seven-year treaty with Israel, allowing their ancient temple to be rebuilt in Jerusalem and their worship worship rituals to be reestablished. The the Antichrist who establishes that treaty with Israel and allows that temple to be rebuilt, he will break the covenant in the midst of the week, that's after three and a half years of the treaty period, and erect his abomination of de- that causes desolation in God's temple, mm-hmm. which is a great idol image, uh, and require all of the world to worship it. So if, if I'm if I'm uh, the way that I've always understood this is at some point in history, we don't see how it could possibly happen now. We don't understand how there's possibly a scenario where the Dome of the Rock, that mosque we were talking about, is destroyed. Oh, you don't? And then and then Israel decides to come in or gets permission to come in and rebuild their temple on that site. Oh, I do. Uh, it, it it's funny how difficult that would be because that's been I mean go back to the Crusades I mean that's been the that's been the conflict really central to the entire world uh, even in modern times geopolitically but but all the way back to there so but but it's also funny to look at how easy it possibly would be to even have it happen because yes the uh, Al Aqsa Mosque is there now Jews are separated now they've got their own area right but they want that. Yep. That's all they want. They throw it all away for that. Well, they he, want to rebuild that temple well, really bad. And during the uh, the Trump administration with Jared Kushner and the Abraham Accords, a ton of peace treaties were being done. Right, so that seemed impossible. Everyone said they were impossible, but even before that happened, it's like you can comprehend how actually easy it would be. <clears throat> I mean, all, all you. Right before this Gaza stuff happened, mm-hmm. they were Israel and the Saudis were working together yep. on the plans to build it. to do that. No to do kidding. that. To do, yeah. And that's Iran, what which doesn't talk or didn't talk with the Saudis, yep. caught went that's what all this was about in the, the start. Yeah, and the US is um yeah, heavily tied in with the Saudis. Yeah. And that's and who they need. They they were they not just talks, like they were breaking it down, gonna start Designing it and everything. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's an. I mean that's official government document plans. I mean yeah. you can that you know. So it's not hard to see, especially when you see the Abraham Accords happening. Say those just continued to happen, and then all you all basically all it would take. I mean I know this is oversimplifying it, but really it is simple. It's actually not inconceivable. All, all that would need to happen is the U.S. tied in with Saudi, the Saudi Arabia. All they have to do is strike a peace deal with Iran, even if they go back on it. But for a time, that's not inconceivable. You could give them all kinds. We already have. I mean, mm. and then, um, then you know, you work on the plan. You start instituting the plan to, uh, to rebuild the temple. And then, like, if you want to talk about what happens in the middle of it, well, then, yeah, just whatever falls apart. And then, you know, this is put in there. Boom, boom, boom. But, no, actually getting that started – yeah, it's inconceivable because of the thousands of years of fighting over that very thing. However, it's actually not inconceivable at all. It was already it was already happening and you could argue about why that fell through and the US involvement and why that fell through, but no, it's not. It's not inconceivable at all. Interesting. 
Yeah. Interesting. So if we if 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 we are if we're ever around and we see the reconstruction of that temple that'd get, be interesting. getting underway. Yeah. We need to we need to keep an eye about that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. Because if we un, if we're if we're understanding this properly, that temple has to be rebuilt in order for this to come true. Yeah. And another thing this points to also is the the idea of a global government and a global religion. That'll kind of need to be pretty far along, even further along than it is now, for it to really work how you would imagine it has to work. You know, a lot of people think the... I, I think there are a lot of secular people out there that think the idea of a global religion and a global government is a good idea. Yeah, well, it's it's being promoted as that. Yeah, because you think if you had a if you had global leadership, global religion, you would you think it would end all wars, and that it would unite the world uh, on the the climate agenda, on on ideals around morality, yeah. on the dollar, on all that stuff. Pe- people, I think, people see that as like that's the only option to reach peace on earth yeah is to is to have established an established global religion and global government yeah and, well it's also being painted as if you're against global one world government then you're against global peace which i'm not nobody is but that's not how you're going to achieve it that's global yep. enslavement is not global peace i'm not saying you're going to achieve global peace through what we're doing now but i'm telling you that ain't the answer you, you know the pro, you know the, the the problem all resides with humanity when you have when you consolidate government when you have a consolidation of power yeah. guess what you're doing you you're consolidating evil because yeah. man is evil yeah you're consolidating power literally any any consolidation of power where human beings are the arbiters of power is a consolidation of evil that that is why that is why it was God's plan to set up the world as nation as multiple different nations. That's why he split them all apart at the Tower of Babel. Well, he split it all up because that's what the Tower of Babel was. It was a consolidation of power, therefore a consolidation of evil and God said, "No. Nah, we ain't doing this. Y'all, we are breaking this up." And that's the reason that God's plan was for the world to be individual nations spread across the face of the earth because it deconsolidates power. That's the purpose of it. That's God's plan. And any agenda to promote a world-consolidated government or religion is Satan's plan. It is the exact opposite of God's plan for humanity on earth. Yeah, I mean, that's why anytime we do talk about government or, or political ideas, it's why generally the, the, the through line through it all is deconsolidation de- of power. It's why when you have a huge federal government in the U.S., it's, you know, well, let's break it down to state power and, and remove this power from the federal government, take it back. But then even then, it's like, I don't, I mean, why would you stop there? I mean, within the state, you would you would then be riled up about the state taxes and the state regulation. And you say, well, let's, let's break it down to County again. I mean, just as far yeah. down as you can go, as far as you can go, let's keep deconsolidating. I mean, that's, yep. that's why pretty much you're, you know, a political 
ideology, that would be the heart of it. And hundred percent, um, you're seeing less and less of that and more and more of global cooperation. But it's funny, the global cooperation does sound good, but what's it for? And what are you cooperating for? And what you're cooperating for is through the UN, um, the global surveillance state, the global enslavement state. So you can institute something like that. That's, that's the point of it. Speaking of surveillance state, Blake showed me these freaking cameras. Did you see it? That they're putting up. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't, I didn't even look for it when I walked down. On the left? Yeah. Yeah. They, they're putting up these cameras on on the roads around here, man. What? Even even the country roads. I think I saw it, yeah. Yeah. yeah what are they for? He took a picture, or he showed me a picture of one. Yeah. I, I looked them up. It said that they are license plate scanners. That's what it said. Yep. That, but they're just right on the side of the road. It's a black pole, black camera. It's got a solar panel on top. There's one down by Dad's road, and then I saw one this morning. Really? Up at his house, yeah. Yep. We are moving. I mean, that that is 100% the direction that everything is going. Chile's exactly right. This is already established well, in places like freaking China. In you, that you article. You can't move in China without being filmed. But in that article, it's saying it's it's going to keep the citizens safe. Oh, yeah. So that's I, all. It's I all was, in the guise of safety. Yeah, I was okay with it once I read that. I thought, well, if I'm going to yeah. be... Protected your by your it, government good. is here to keep you safe. Everything that all the decisions your government makes are to keep you safe. Yeah. Verse 22 says, unless those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved, meaning all humanity would be wiped out unless they were shortened. You know, it's always amazed me that the human race hasn't went extinct. It's always amazed me that we have not went extinct, especially in modern times. It wouldn't be that hard. Since since we now have the power at the push of a button to basically exterminate all of humanity, it is amazing that we haven't went extinct. All we do is fight and bicker and kill each other and destroy and destroy the things around us, especially modern man. Well, we're seeing there's going to be a point that no flesh would be saved, but Christ says, for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. In verse 23, then, if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is the Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. I thought that was interesting. Insomuch that if it were possible, they would even deceive the very elect. And then Jesus says in 25, Behold, I have told you before. He's saying, if you're alive when you're freaking seeing this, and these people are rising up and, and presenting themselves as these divine beings, and they're performing these, these great signs and wonders, and you're like, whoa, that's supernatural. There, that, he must be a god. He must be a Christ. There's no way a human could perform the things that, that, they're, that, 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 that they're doing. He's saying, behold, I've told you before, you're going to see some weird crap. Don't believe it. You know, it's interesting, too, that he even, I, I've, that's always been interesting to me. That How does it worded right there? It, it even, says, even the elect? It says, uh, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall so show great signs and wonders insomuch that if, if it were possible, that. even uh, if, 
If it were possible that they shall deceive even the very elect. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I guess he's, I mean, I suppose that's saying it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah, he says, if it were possible. But But it's it's obviously going to be some, uh, it's obviously going to be some pretty wild stuff. Well, I sit here and think all the time about how easy it would be, like, you know David Blaine? Yeah. Or Chris Angel? Yeah. You know how easy it would be for them to amass a following if they said, I'm... God, yeah, because they can do stuff that you can't explain. You don't know what they're doing. They can do this. They can float. They can do this crap. I mean, you know, like it's not even hard to imagine that, like uh, dudes like that that know all this magic trick stuff. Pretty easy if they wanted to. Right. It's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I I personally think that these uh, as as. Jesus is referencing these false Christs and false prophets that are showing great signs and wonders. I want to speculate and say that these individuals uh, who who are deceiving the world are actually going to be supernaturally energized by Satan. That they are actually going to be performing supernatural things that are real, uh, repeatable, and indescribable. That it won't be a magic trick. It'll be like holy crap. Like when you look back in like whatever Moses, whether it be coming back from the dead, or we see an example of if you read in Revelations, we see an example of this figure that is um, the the Antichrist being wounded in the head, yeah, and actually dying and coming back from the dead. See, it's really weird how all Satan ever does is he takes the same, he takes God's ideas and tries to replicate them. The Antichrist is going, according to the book of Revelations, is going to perform this miraculous uh, recovery, uh, essentially a resurrection back from the dead. I think these are the signs and wonders that you're going to see. Like, holy crap, we all saw on film... This joker was just shot through the head, was pronounced dead, and now here he is again. He came back from the dead. Like, you can't dispute that, man. I think they're going to be supernaturally energized by Satan. I think that Satan is going to become so active in this realm during these last days because he sees that his time is so near to the end that we're going to see things happening. Whoever's here is going to see things happening that are unparalleled, that they could have never imagined seeing happening. And that that's my speculation on that. But then we read, going back to verse 22, he said, unless those days should be shortened, here's how the days are shortened. In verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Now, why on earth did Jesus say that? Why did he put verse 28 in there? For wheresoever the carcass is, There will the eagles be gathered together. And he's saying this directly after he's describing his coming. 
I wondered that. I wondered that. And I, I look back at Revelation 19. Let me read this to you in Revelation 19. Remember, Jesus in Matthew, we just read about, he's describing when he comes back as lightning comes out of the east and shines even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, let's look at the parallel description of the coming of Christ in Revelation 19. This is John the Revelator writing, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was, was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a two-edged sword, that with it he should smite the nations and should rule over them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And here's, here's uh, this is interesting. This is the part that gets to Jesus talking about where the, where the, uh, where the eagles are uh, are gathered, well, we just where, wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. And I saw an angel. This is back in Revelation now. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, "Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God." that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. That's what he's talking about right there. That's why, that's why Jesus put that in there. For wherever the carcass is, there will all the eagles be gathered together. He's talking about this. Well, so who are the eagles? The eagles are, are essentially um, freaking buzzards, man. Vultures? Yeah. Yep. Eagles are actually vultures. So the, meta, the metaphor describes carn-eating birds swarming over a dead body. In this context must refer to the slaughter of all who have rebelled against God. At the coming of Christ. Interesting. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the, cloud, in the clouds of heaven with power and great, and great glory. Why are these people mourning? When they're seeing the literal, they're literally seeing Christ returning. They're, they are mourning. Because they're, can you imagine? 
Can you imagine if you're if you were alive to see this? And you had chosen not to believe in Christ and you were seeing this happening? Wouldn't you be wouldn't you be wouldn't you be mourning pretty bad? No, yeah. I mean, these jokers is upset. They're like, boy, we've done it now. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. You know what's interesting about that is it talks about Christ's return, and it doesn't really leave any room for doubt that people don't recognize what they're seeing then. Right? Yeah. But why was there the first time? Like, that's what I've always been confused about. Like, how did you look at the face of God, and how was that not... You're talking about in Jesus? Yeah. In the man Jesus? Yeah. Because, like, you know, when, you, when <laughs> he describes the return, there, I mean, there ain't nothing written in there about, like, oh, there's, you know, and there will still be doubters and there will still be it's, it's, speculators you know and it's like well yeah i would imagine not but then you think about the first time it's like how did you look upon the face of god and then not because the first time god came in the man but the first time jesus came to earth it it was the antithesis of how man would think of god but i mean i struggled with that like you were looking at god yeah how do you do that and not because it the image of Christ was well, was not an image that mankind could comprehend but you what God I'm being. I know what you're saying. Jesus came the first time to suffer and be mocked and be killed. Think about this. Think about how crazy God's plan is to the human mind. God's plan to redeem his creation was to come to the earth and allow his creation to kill him. You can't make that up. Tell me, like there ain't there 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 ain't a story that will touch that. That's why everybody was so confused the first time God came to Earth in 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 Jesus Christ. That's why they were all so confused because they're like, this can't be the creator of the universe because he's allowing himself to be killed by his by what he says is his creation. It's impossible for this to be God. That don't make, that don't compute. Well, he also looked like them. I mean, that's another thing. When you see something that looks like you are, it's hard to give it, even though clearly Jesus did supernatural things. People look at it be like, you know, looking at just another human, like, Uh, yeah. Especially looking at him on the cross. Yeah. Looking at him on the cross. But when Jesus comes the second time, it's going to compute. People are going to be like, okay, yep, this is what I imagined God would look like. That's my explanation for that. So, um, yeah, that's what I wanted to go over today. What it's going to look like at the end of the age. And, of course... You could literally spend 10 podcasts breaking this down and looking at everything in context of other prophecies, both in the book of Revelations and the book of Daniel and the book of Ezekiel 
to get the full picture and context of everything that was said by Jesus in Matthew 24. This was not, there's there's not time for an exhaust, exhausted uh, discourse on this particular chapter. But I just wanted to go over it today because it's one of my favorite places in Scripture. And to me, it's always, um, I don't know, it's always encouraging to me to read this and uh, to be reminded that ultimately Christ wins and we have an inheritance with him in that victory. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. The other part of the conversation in this, and I just want to I just want to get y'all's take on it. We're not going to go again into an exhaustive research of this. The other part everybody asks is uh when 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 they hear about this 7-year period and the tribulation and all this is will will the believers in Christ prior to um this yeah. traditionally believed seven-year tribulation period, will the believers of Christ be raptured prior to? So will there be any believers in Christ left on the earth at the beginning of this tribulation period? What do you guys think about that? The, the, traditionally, it's called the rapture. What's y'all's take on that? Just fun conversation. Everybody wants to know. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have asked me what I think about what I think about the rapture of the of of the church, meaning the body of Christ. I don't know. Well, what do you speculate? I don't. What the crap, Chili? I think without knowing exactly where it's in, there's a section where it says a verse: "The dead in Christ will rise." And I can't remember who was talking. The, one of y'all was talking the other day about time and how people maybe that's already passed away um, are just all of, all of a sudden is going to be in heaven with everybody because we don't understand time. Yeah. And I think because we don't understand time, we can't understand the rapture as well. But I, I, I do feel... Um, and I would have to research it to be able to articulate it better, that there is something there, the dead in Christ will rise, meaning the people who have already passed away, that those people are going to be lifted up with everyone else. Bodily? Huh? Bodily? Yeah. Yeah. With, with everyone else at the same time, and we're going to all, I don't think no one's going to be there no longer than anybody else. We're all going, whoa, chilly, you know, however it goes down. Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, because you're no but, longer bound by time. Yeah. But that deserves a lot more research to to be able to talk about mm -hmm. it. Truly, you know, truly. The the interesting thing to me about this, and, and Chili, I agree with you. I don't know, man. I, I and does does the the I the the whatever you want to call it, the idea or the the concept of the rapture does it ultimately matter? Well, it doesn't really ultimately matter regardless, but one thing that I do think about is, um, you know, ushering in a to to usher in 
this 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 tribulation period where we do have a global government, a global leader, a global religion. We have all these things set up. Uh, if you re- if the Lord removed all of His believers from this scenario, it would be a lot easier for that to happen. Like if yeah. if there was nobody left on Earth to say. Hold up, guys. Look at what this says. We don't want to go in that direction. If there was no one left that, that you know, believed in the Lord, uh, was redeemed by Christ to do good, to warn the people around them, to preach the gospel. If there was... The church is, is a huge block for this stuff to happen. Like, it's a, it's a huge speed bump. And if the Lord removed all Christians, followers of Christ, from the earth, imagine how much faster this could happen. We also think that would make everyone go, huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What would be the explanation for it? And, 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 and could the explanation for that occurrence of, all, of the disappearance of, of all of these people what it, could the explanation for that lead into the setting up of this global yeah. government the, the, the aliens got them yeah y'all, y'all need to listen to what we've been telling you yep you need to we're going to protect you go stay in your house we're going to figure this out so i could see how logically this idea of the rapture of the church of christ could very well logically set up this period of what is called the tribulation. You got any thoughts on it, Blake? No, I have not studied this nearly enough to have any sort of speculation or intelligent conversation about it. Well, I need to study it more, but I, I just don't. That's all right, yeah. Bubba. That's just where I'm at with it. That's all right. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. I don't well, really I don't we really got some super chats. I don't really got much to tell y'all. We got some super chats? I bet. Yeah, yeah. All right, send it. We got Brett Childers here coming in at fifty bucks. Brett, he, he said gone. nothing like a good T bone steak with a bit of sand on it. Had, <laughs> that came about the time you was talking about hoist is like a steak. You I know? remember, yeah. That uh, was a ribeye, Brett. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brett. That he did uh, not eat. We got Richard Bray at a dollar ninety nine. Thank you, Richard. Sean Wright gave five pounds. Said love when you get into the Bible, and he also gave another five pounds. And he said Chile pulled international shipping just as the books get released. That's a turd move right there, son. <laughs> Dang, chill, chill. Don't put Sean, up with my that. man over Don't put in the, up with that, chill. my man over across the pond, son, dropping yep. them pounds on your head. You won't even send him a book, Chili. Will not. Davy High, crap, man. he gave 50 bucks. He said, I believe in your ministry. Keep up the good work. Praying to join y'all for a ROP course next year. I hope to see you, Davy. Thank you, man. Um, Derek Carswell gave $5, said, love how y'all can cut up with each other and then bring it in to deliver a good message. Of course, that's just my opinion. Love y'all. God bless. Thank you, Derek. We love you too, man. Clock and Floor gave 20 bucks. said he got into shape to support his friend. 
through a very dark time. Recently, they competed a one-hour push-up challenge inspired by Chad and Chili, despite his vomiting and hitting a wall <laughs> video on my channel. <laughs> Dang, man, clock and floor. Drop that. Drop your channel in the in the comments, man. I want to watch that video. Our push-up comp. Let us know what that channel is. I want to watch that, man. Uh, JMFM0911-499. So basically, the Jews are awaiting their Messiah while the Christians await their Antichrist, question mark. Weird. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Yeah, I'd, I'd, say there's, I'd say there's some evidence of that. Matt Bellantoni. 1999. Thank you all for putting on a great race. I hope your words continue to reach and, uh, and inspire individuals to grow. Encourage anyone listening to show up next year at Sloppy Floyd. Amazing group. Keep fighting the good fight. Yes, awesome. Lord willing. Thank you, brother. Clock and floor coming in again at 999. Excited to continue growing through the ROP course and bringing the lessons learned to everyone around me. I'm grateful for Blake and Chad for accepting my application. So Man. Clock and floor's coming? I, apparently, I don't know his real name, but apparently Well, I'll tell you what, clock and floor, you better be ready, son. You thought that one-hour push-up competition was rough. You're going to come out of the right of passage. I'm going to tell you, man, that's a legit training mission. The last one I got is Alex Dell. He's uh, 999. Glad I had a slow afternoon at the tat shop so I could catch y'all live for once. Thanks for y'all's honest search for truth and all the Bible study and discussion. Hope to make it out for an event one day. Thank you, yeah. Alex. I appreciate that. Bring your tattoo gun if you do come out for an That's event. Right. We'll have some last-minute tattoos. You getting a new uh, one? Tattoo sesh. Getting a new one dreamed up? I'm always good for a tattoo, man. It ain't it ain't got to be, I mean, just whatever you want to tattoo, I, man. I ain't got one in a good minute. I got yeah. to get me one. Yeah, I'm, I messaged my buddy the other day. What are you downtown. getting? I don't know. We'll what are you see. getting? All right. Outstanding, guys. Thank you guys so much. I got another goat walk coming out for y'all tomorrow. So watch that YouTube channel. Lord it's a good it. one. We talk about chemtrails. We talk about people being obsessed with their health. Uh, we talk about update on shaky legs. We talk about all kinds Sunglasses. of good stuff. Sunglasses. Yeah, y'all get ready for that one. All right, we love you guys. Enough said.